You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, we're going to go to Genesis before I get emotional, okay? Uh, Over here in the book of Genesis... uh, We're going to get started this evening. And what I'm going to try to do, I know pastor has to get on the road this evening, right? And uh, try to try to get on down the road before the storm. And so I'm going to preach all the way through the Bible. Amen. And try to help them out here and uh, hold them here till the snow starts flying. I'm going to preach through the Bible, but very quickly. And I don't want to sound like a machine gun, but I do want you to listen very quickly. If I preach quick and you listen quick, pastor and get on the road quick. Amen. All right. So, so, so let's do this. All right. Uh, we're going to thank you. We're going to look in Genesis chapter three I, I, and, and, uh, verse 15. I'm, I'm simply using this as a text verse to start. I like to preach through the scriptures a verse at a time. I like to preach, um, uh, through a passage, a verse at a time. I, I don't like to do necessarily how I'm starting tonight, but I'm preaching through so much of the Bible and there's so many verses that are going to be quoted that, that this is what we're doing this evening. All right. So Genesis chapter three, verse 15, the Bible said, now put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And we're going to preach tonight on missions in the Bible. All right, let's pray. Heavenly father, we thank you for this opportunity Lord, to be able to stand here. Lord, we're insignificant and we know it. Uh, Lord, but I'm thankful that you said in Psalm 12, 1, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest? And you are mindful of us and you do visit us and you use us little insignificant nobodies to bring honor and glory to yourself. And I pray you would do that tonight as we preach the word of God. Lord, we're gonna do some teaching and try to indoctrinate the people here so that we can do some preaching and make an appeal to folks, Lord God, in this area of worldwide missions. I pray that you'd bless in Jesus' name, amen. So I believe that God Almighty has burned a heart, or excuse me, burned a message into my heart uh, to preach to you this evening. Uh, and, and I mean, I was up late until one in the morning this morning uh, putting this together. I really believe uh, that this is what God wants this evening. Uh, I want to state emphatically, and you believe this, and I believe this, 2 Peter 3, 9 said that God's not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. Amen. And I think all of us would agree with John 3, 16. We believe that God so loved the world, the whole world, all of the world, every person that's in the world. We believe that so much so that he died on the cross for them. And, And so as I preach on missions through the Bible tonight, there, there's, there's a lot of text verses we could use. We could look at Mark 16, 15, the Great Commission where the Lord says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And notice all the world, that's the place, and every creature, that's the people. I recently had a preacher really trying to convince me that God calls you to a people and not to a place. And I believe that we could make a scripture argument that God calls you to a people and to a place. Amen. And we see that Psalm 2, 8, asking me and I shall give thee the heathen. There's the people for thine inheritance in the uttermost parts of the earth. There's the place for thy possession. People live in places. And so God sends missionaries and God sends preachers and God sends people to those places where unsaved folks are. And we all understand that. We could use Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. We could use Acts chapter 1 verse 8. 
We could use Isaiah 6 verses 1 through 8. These are all tremendous missionary passages and talking about the call of God and the command of God. Uh, many times, and we don't mean to do this. I don't mean to do this as a missionary, as a missionary pastor over at Falls International. I don't mean to do this, but sometimes we just slip into what I'm going to talk about. Sometimes we start looking as missions as just an extension of the church, and that's simply all it is. It's just an extension of the church, and, and, and it's one of the many ministries that's far away that the church supports and sometimes we see the missionary at church, maybe during a missions conference or, or like here tonight, amen. And, and, and sometimes we read the letter of a faraway missionary and we think, man, I sure am glad somebody's going to that country. I'm glad somebody's going to that people group. And we should react in that way. We focus on the need for missions. Uh, many churches once a year is, is about it when they focus on the real need for missions. Uh, and, and again, we should. This ought we to have done. And sometimes we solace ourselves with the fact that we've kept missions in front of our church at least one time a year. And, 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 and we're sending our dollars out to make sure missionaries are taken care of. And missionaries, thank God for those dollars that come. Amen. That's how we can do the work of God. All right? And so... Uh, and I'm not against, you know, sometimes I think in our minds without meaning to, we're very thankful that someone else is going. And some of us are doubly thankful that we're not going. Amen. I'm just, I'm being honest with you tonight. I, I think sometimes that's how we think, all right? And, and, and I'm not against any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm for all of that. I really am, all right? Uh, but, but with all of that in place, and 2,000 years after Jesus Christ died on a cross and shed his blood and was buried and rose from the grave. 2,000 years later, 48% of our world's never heard the gospel one time. So with all that we're doing and the way that we view missions and as an extension of the church, and thank God he's gone to a faraway place, can I tell you tonight, 48% of your world's in faraway places and faraway peoples who still have never heard and sending money to support missionaries that's already on the field and we're supported, amen. That's a wonderful thing, but I'm telling you, we need men and women and boys and girls that'll say, Lord, here am I. Yes. Send me. Yes. I, we gotta get past saying, Lord, here am I. Send my money. We've gotta come to the place where we say, Lord, here am I, send me. The Lord in Matthew chapter number nine, he didn't say, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send money. And we know it takes money to get the laborers there. I thank God for the money, amen. Please don't misunderstand that. But more than praying the Lord of the harvest for money to support missionaries, we need to be praying the Lord of the harvest for missionaries that we can send money to. We need to pray that God would raise up missionaries out of our own churches, out of our own homes, out of our own families to send to faraway places. I believe missions is the heartbeat of God. It's not just an extension of God. I believe I can show you tonight, and I'm going to do it as quick as I can, but as thoroughly as I can, missions in the Bible. Amen. So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 3, and I'm just going to talk quickly on each point. I have six or seven points, and I promise you I'm going to talk as fast as I can where you can still understand me, okay? As slow enough for you to understand, but fast enough to, to keep it moving, all right? First, I want to talk about the Adamic condition. The Adam, you know, we think of Adam and the first man that ever lived. And here's a man, and God put him in the Garden of Eden, and God gave him a rule, and God gave him a law, and you know the story as well as I do. Adam broke the law of God. Wasn't a big thing to us. 
Wasn't like he committed some terrible, terrible, immoral sin. He just ate a piece of fruit. But God said, don't eat that fruit. Amen. I mean, God was clear on that. And he broke the law of God. And when he broke the law of God, he became a sinner. And here's what I want you to notice. Missions is not just a New Testament church concept. Missions has been in the mind of God since the first sinner went astray from God. Amen. God himself became the very first missionary. Did he not? God left his home. God left heaven. God, and I know that he's everywhere at the same time, but just follow the progression of thought. He left heaven. He came looking for a sinner. Here's what I'm saying. As soon as there was a sinner, there was a God who came from heaven looking for that sinner. That's missions. Amen. Missions, uh, missionaries are sent ones. Those who have been sent. And God himself, at that point in time, he came himself saying, Adam, where art thou? He was, now, you reckon God knew where Adam was? I think he did. But I think God wanted Adam to know where Adam was. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you that there's a sinner. Listen, man, I could preach right here, but I'm not going to. But man, I'm telling you, as soon as there was a sinner... There was a savior that came down to provide a substitutionary sacrifice and give the promise we just read of a seed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah for the seed promise. Amen. Yes, Thank God that when Satan swindled the woman, seduced the woman, and then the man took that fruit willingly, thank God that God came down and God, when he brought judgment in judgment, he showed mercy. And in the mercy of God, he said, there's a seed coming. That's the first promise of the virgin-born redeemer that would redeem the world, not just Adam, not just Eve, that would eventually redeem the world, that would redeem all of you and I who are represented with the same condition Adam has, sinners, amen. We're, we're represented in Adam's race. You are, you are the son. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your position in life is. You're, the, you're one of the fallen sons of Adam, amen. And when the first man sinned, when the first Adam sinned, God himself came to this earth. I'm telling you, we see missions at the very beginning of the Bible. I heard a preacher say this one time, and I'm getting pretty comfortable now. Amen. I heard a preacher say this one time, Brother Stenet Blue, he preached missions for 50 years all over the southeast side of the country. And some preachers were sitting around joking with him one day after the service. And he said, Brother Blue, he said, I bet you could find missions in the book of Genesis. I, I bet you could find it in Genesis 1 verse 1. You see missions everywhere. And Brother Blue said, I sure can. The Bible said in the beginning, God, God loves missionaries so much in missions that the first two letters of his name is G-O. Go. Amen. Can I tell you, I, I, I'm just about there where I believe God loves missions to that extent. Amen. Go, go, go. Hey, listen, I'm, I'll tell you somewhere else I'm at, and I'm going to get on preaching in just a minute, but I'll tell you somewhere else I'm at. I'm about at the place, preacher, in my life, and you correct me if I'm wrong after we're done. Amen. All right. Uh, but, but I'm about at the place where I think, I think you got to justify your call to stay as much as you got to justify your call to go. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm just about there in my life, amen. Uh, you know, we say, well, God hadn't called me to go. Well, has he called you to stay? Amen. We need, don't tell me Christ died for the world and leaves 48% out there without a knowledge of the gospel. Don't tell me he's not calling people. Don't tell me he's not looking across the, 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 the pews of Eastside Baptist Church tonight saying, here, you know, uh, uh, who shall go, you know, uh, Isaiah chapter number six, who shall go for us? He's looking, he's looking, he's looking. I'm telling you, we see, we see missions in, in the Adamic condition. And let's fast forward because we got to fast forward, all right? About 2,500 years. And turn to Genesis chapter number 12, if you would. And we're going to just fast forward quickly through the Bible. We've come through now a time period 
called Noah's Flood in Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, that, that, that area of your Bible. We find that man's got so wicked that though God raised up men like Enoch who prophesied of judgment to come, though God raised up men like Noah who was a preacher of righteousness, the world was still so wicked. God loved those sinners, but they were so far gone. They were so reprobate against God that in order for God to preserve that seed promise of the seed that would come through the woman, there was only one family left and God in an act of mercy had to judge the world to save the rest of the world that would come one day and God judged through Noah's flood Noah gets off the ark you know the story God says be fruitful multiply replenish God wanted them to inhabit the earth and you know his descendants about 150 175 years go by a few more years than that I guess if you look at it it goes by and and all of his a lot of his descendants they're out there in the plain of Shinar and and they end up building the Tower of Babel in an act of rebellion against God. I mean, they're, they're hardly off the ark. We're, hard, we're just a few generations down the line, and the whole world's rebelling against God again, and they're going to do their own thing, and it got so bad that God had to confound the language. Every missionary's a nightmare. Amen. God confounded the languages, and now everybody's talking different languages, and, and now we're at a place in, in, in worldwide history where God's not looking for a group God's not looking for, a set. God's just looking for a man. And he found him in Abram. And in Genesis chapter number 12, the Bible said that God said to Abram, uh, uh, Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1, the Bible says here, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out. Get out, amen. Get out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I'll make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Watch verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. Watch it. And in thee shall all families of the... How many families? All families. We're talking about missions in your Bible. Amen. And in thee, Abram, shall all families, all families, that's all races, that's all tribes, that's all languages, take all the barriers down. And thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You say, Brother Ruppman, I think, I think you might be exaggerating that. Well, I might would agree with you. I might would agree that I was exaggerating that. But he repeated this to Abram over and again and again. And then Abram's son come along, Isaac. And he gave the same covenant to Isaac. And then Isaac had a son named Jacob who was renamed Israel. Amen. And he repeated the same promise, gave the same covenant to Israel. And Israel has 12 sons that become the 12 tribes of Israel. And the nation of Israel is born. And we find that God picked up a man and turned him into a nation so that he could bless the world through the seed of that man. And you say, well, he's talking about Israel. Well, in part, he is talking about Israel. But turn real quickly in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 8. Because in Galatians 3 verse 8, you know, you might could say, Brother Upman, I think you're stretching that. I don't see missions in, in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. Or in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed. But if you look at Galatians chapter number 3 verse 8, that's exactly how the Apostle Paul took it. And under the inspiration of God, he quoted that verse. And watch what he said, Galatians 3 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. That's missions, friend. That God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee 
shall all nations of the earth be blessed. I want to give you a thought tonight but through the Abrahamic covenant. I, I, I'd love to take the time to, 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 to teach through the entire Old Testament. Uh, Genesis chapter number 1 through 11, we have a history of the world until Abraham, and we have about 2,500 years of history. And then the remaining, Genesis 13 to the end of Malachi, jump 400 years to the beginning of the gospel, the life of John the Baptist, it's all focused on a man who becomes a nation. And what was God's purpose in raising up the nation of Israel? In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. What was God's purpose in raising up a people called the nation of Israel? In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. God would give them the word of God. Why? So they could take it to the heathen. God would give them the oracles. Why? So they could take it to the heathen. God would give them his son, the Savior. Why? So that he could be taken to the heathen. Amen. So that people could be saved by the grace of God. Let me just illustrate this, and you don't have to turn, I'm going to read quickly. King David, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, King David recognized this. He said, sing unto the Lord all the earth. That's not just phraseology, that's not just a figure of speech. He meant sing unto the Lord all the earth. He said, show forth from day to day his salvation. Who? All the earth. Well, how can all the earth do it if they've never heard of him? David understood Israel's responsibility. He said, now you say, well, I'm still not with you. Declare his glory among the heathen. That's what David said. He, he's speaking to Israel saying, this is our job. This is why we're here. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. Do you know David repeats that or, or God repeats that in Psalm 96 verses 1 through 3? He said, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. He's not, listen, all. Just keep watching that word all. David believed that. He believed that in the seed that he was a part of, that nation he was a part of, all the earth was to be blessed. He said, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. I'm telling you, Israel was created by God to bring the message of God and the message of God's salvation to the world. You say, pastor, that couldn't be possible because salvation was not provided until Christ. Well, just follow, just, just, just keep listening. Psalm 22, verse 27 all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the earth shall worship before thee. Well, how's that going to happen with a bunch of heathen pagans? Somebody is going to have to go tell them. That's Old Testament right there. Watch this. Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19, 19. I'm trying to get you through the Bible quickly. Amen, all right? Uh, if, if you amen, I'll even go faster, all right? Look, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save, us out, save thou us out of his hand, why? Hezekiah is praying to be delivered out of the hands of Sennacherib who's coming down to destroy the nation. Why did he pray for God to deliver them? That all the kingdoms of the earth might know that thou art the Lord only. He said, don't save us for self-preservation. Don't save us for the comforts and convenience of our life. Save us that the world might know that our God's God. Amen. Oh, look at here. Isaiah 45, verse number 22. Isaiah said it. He, uh, listen, Isaiah lived uh, during Hezekiah's life. Uh, Isaiah said, look unto me. And be you saved. Well, the Old Testament, they're talking about getting saved. You just read it. The Savior didn't start on Calvary. 
The Savior was promised in seed form in Genesis 3.15 and, and the whole Old Testament. Hey, Jesus, after he rose from the dead, he's, man, I'm feeling good, amen. He, 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 listen, Jesus rose from the dead and he's walking with those depressed and discouraged disciples on the road to Emmaus. And remember, they're, they're, they're saying, man, you, you haven't heard the news? Man, you know, the guy that we thought was gonna be our leader, our Messiah, the Redeemer, he's, he's, he got killed three days ago. And, and Jesus just listened. And then the Bible said, then he opened the scriptures. What scriptures did they have? The Old Testament, New Testament wasn't written yet, amen. And, and they, he opened the scripture, and the Bible said, hey, man, I'd love to have been there on that day, preacher, amen. He began with the law, he began with Moses, he took him to the prophets and expounded all things in the scripture concerning himself. Every page of that Bible is designed to point sinners towards the Savior. Amen. 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 From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, that's why, hey, Paul told Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Yes. Amen. The scriptures they had in Timothy's day was only the Old Testament. Wise unto salvation. I'm telling you, God, from Adam through Abraham, through the life of Israel, God's purpose, God's plan is to introduce a rebellious, sinful world to a holy, loving Savior. Amen. You mark it down. Oh, Isaiah also said in Isaiah 42, verse 6 and 7, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light to the Gentiles. I'll stop reading there. Isaiah 49, verse 6b, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Salvation is not a New Testament concept. Soul winning is not a New Testament. I'll tell you, let me tell you how, how Old Testament soul winning is. The Bible said in the Old Testament, he that winneth souls is wise. Amen. Daniel chapter number 12, verse number two said, those that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the brightness of the firmament forever. Amen. God, listen, God's purpose in, in raising up the nation of Israel was to introduce Jehovah God to a sinful world that they might come to him. Sadly, very few came because very few of Israelites went. Amen. It's the truth. Amen. But every, every now and then we see one getting on in. Amen. We see Ruth, a Gentile, a pagan getting in. And it wasn't so much because of her mother-in-law, I don't think. Amen. That's just the grace and mercy of God. Amen. I'm just telling you missions is the plan of God. During this period of time, let me give you this story and I got to get to the New Testament. During this period of time that we're talking about, the kings and coming into the prophets, there was a nation called Assyria that was a wicked, pagan, godless, depraved, I mean, the all, they would be akin to ISIS and Al-Qaeda. That's how wicked they were. They, I mean, they, 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 they'd burn people alive, cut them, and it didn't matter to them, amen? If, if, and Israel was their sworn enemy. Assyria eventually would take the northern ten tribes of Israel. Amen. And God came to a prophet in Israel called Jonah. I'm talking about missions in your Old Testament, your Bible. Amen. You know what God told Jonah to do? He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. What was Nineveh? The capital of Assyria. That's like God calling you or I to go to the ISIS stronghold. I want you to go there. And Jonah's like, I'll go anywhere but there. And God said, go. And like so many of us, Jonah said, no. Did you hear me? God said, go. And he said, no. And he said, I'm going the other way. You say, what's God want to do with a bunch of pagan Assyrians that are persecuting his people? God wanted to save them is what he wanted to do. Amen. God, he's not willing that any perish. Amen. But that all come to repentance. And so Jonah went the other way and God got him to Nineveh. 
through the belly of the whale express. And there's Jonah, and the whale spits him out on the shore. And I love Jonah 3 verse 1, Brother Heath. I love it. Amen. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. You can go the hard way or the easy way. Jonah took the hard way. Amen. The word of the Lord came the second time. And you know the story. He preaches. The Bible tells us that Nineveh was such a large city that it took three days to travel from one side of Nineveh to the other side. The Bible tells us there was 120,000 people in Nineveh that couldn't discern between the right hand and their left hand. That means babies. That means little children. This is the only time in history that I'm aware of that the revival outran the preacher. The Bible tells us that he was a day's journey into Nineveh and the whole place shut down. The whole place repented at the preaching that Jonah brought. Only a day's journey in and two days the other side of town, everybody's repenting, they're fasting, they're in sackcloth, they're in ashes. And you know what Jonah did? He got mad. He said, I knew, God, that you were gracious. I knew that you were merciful. I knew you would forgive them. That's why I didn't go to start with the Lord had to try to teach Jonah an object lesson with a gourd and show Jonah that he was more concerned about his comfort in that gourd, but that God's concern was a city with 120,000 people that couldn't discern between their left hand and right hand, right. between their left hand and right hand. Amen. Yeah. I'm talking about missions in the Old Testament. And, and so the nation of Israel was raised up by God to reach the world with the gospel. And you know what they did? Not only did they not reach the world with the gospel, for the, a, a large part of their history, they got involved in pagan idol worship. And, and the Assyrian captivity with the northern ten tribes and the Babylonian captivity with the southern two tribes of Judah that broke them of their idol worship. But listen to me real close. They never worshipped idols. You don't find a case after that. They're never worshipping idols again. They didn't. But they come out of their captivity and they came back into their land, and they got their temple, and they got their city, and they had their walls, and everything was wonderful and beautiful, and the world's still going to hell. And they became a bunch of Pharisees. Look how holy we are. We're so holy we won't even fellowship with a Samaritan who's a half-breed. You know, we, won't even, we won't even eat with a sinner ever. I mean, they were so critical that when Jesus Christ came along, they said, this man fellowship with a sinner. He's a friend of sinners. Praise God that he is. Amen. And the nation that was raised up by God to introduce Jehovah to the world, you know what they did? Instead of introducing him to the world, they said, look how holy we are. Look how, they were more holy than God was. And, and we know that's a figure of speech. You cannot be more holy than God. But that's how they acted. Because God in their presence was doing things and they were telling him he was wrong for what he was doing. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. And you know what they did? They hung the one they were supposed to show to the world. Yeah. They hung him on a cross. Yes, yeah. They murdered the Son of God, the very one who raised them up as a nation for the express purpose of declaring his glory among the heathen and letting his salvation go to the ends of the earth and look unto me all the ends of the earth and be saved for I am the Lord. And they crucified him. And God said, I'm going to get the message out. I'm going to get the message of my son. I'm going to get the message of a Savior out. And let's, let's, let's fast forward to Acts chapter number 13. Amen. Let's, let's, let's jump over our timeline here just a bit and jump over to Acts chapter number 13. 
Actually, on the way there, let's just, stay. I'll just, you, you go to Acts 13. Let me just fit a point in here real quickly. We talked about the Adamic condition and the Abrahamic covenant and why God raised Israel. Then we have what's called, I call it for the point of alliteration, the absolute commission. God gave a commission. God said as he walked on this planet and he's fixing to ascend back to the earth, God did not say, if you feel like it, go into all the world. That's not what he said, Brother McCray. He didn't say if it's comfortable and if it's convenient and if it doesn't hurt your checkbook and if it's okay with your kids and if it's okay with your mother-in-law, you can go all the way. That's not what he said. God said, go ye. That's a command. Go ye into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's a command from God. What's God doing? God is raising up another body that will obey what he created Israel to do, and they didn't do. He raised up the church. Hallelujah. And, and we're going to jump over the Jerusalem church to save you a lot of time and me a lot of time and the preacher a lot of time. Amen. We're going to Acts chapter number 13 and we find the New Testament church called Antioch. Amen. There's the church. And I love the church at Antioch because Antioch is where the first formal sending of the first two formal missionaries, if we could say it that way, are sent out of the church at Antioch. There's the church. You know what they're doing? They're doing what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number nine. Missions was not to them just an extension of their ministry. The Bible said, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, that means they're doing what he said in Matthew nine. They're serving God, but they are praying for the Lord to send laborers. And here God called uh, Barnabas and God called the apostle Paul. They had the calling of God, but the church needed to recognize it so they could send them. And God made it clear as the church fasted and as the church prayed, God said to those church leaders, separate unto me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I've called them. Amen. And we find all of a sudden what you and I know is New Testament missions. All of a sudden is a part of the New Testament church. Amen. The church sending sent ones to tell sinners about a savior. Hallelujah. And they went out, Barnabas and Saul. Saul becomes Paul, takes three missionary journeys. We go from the absolute commission. I got to look at my, I got to look at my notes here so I don't get it wrong. Amen. The Antioch and consecration. Amen. You said it's desperation for alliteration. That's okay. It was one o'clock in the morning and I was having a good time. All right. Listen, those guys were consecrated. The, the early church, they understood their mission. They were serious about their mission. Here's two men that are serious about their calling. They're consecrated by God. And listen to what Paul says later on as he comes to the end of his missionary journeys. Romans 15, 20, and 21. We had it on the video tonight. It's the verses God used to call me when I was in Bible college. The Apostle Paul in Romans 15, he's detailing his missionary journeys. He's detailing his life lived for the Lord as a missionary, as a church planner, as an apostle. And he said, yea, so have I strive to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named I'm going to people that have never heard what he's saying. Not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, and you can read the rest, talk about people that never heard, places the gospel's never been. Paul would go to places full of pagans, and when he left, it's full of people saved and serving God. He turned pagans into pastors, amen, for the glory of God, amen. You see, Paul did in those early days, and others besides Paul, those early days, they went out, sometimes because of persecution, God got them out, but they went out around the world preaching the gospel, so much so that in Colossians, 
Colossians, the Bible said the gospel was sounded forth unto every nation under heaven. That's what the Bible said. And Titus said the grace of God to bring us salvation hath appeared to all men. That's what the Bible said. Those men did their job so well, they reached the world of their day. But here we are on the other end. Here we are at the other end of the church age. There's Adam. God becomes a missionary. God's about missions. God's about if there's a sinner, I want to find him. If there's one, I'll send one. If there's a hundred, I'll send, I'll send as many as I need. Our job's not done till every creature has a preacher. Amen. Amen. God looks, God's calling, God's sending. And here we come. Israel doesn't do it. The church has started. And in that first century, the church did it. They did. They did it. They accomplished it. They, they did what God told them to do. But here we are at the other end. Between 33 and 48% of our world's never heard the gospel. Listen closely. This isn't a point. I want to make it a point, but I told you I was preaching through the Bible, and this isn't in the Bible. But I see, if I can get another A and C, I could talk about the American compromise. Because when it comes to the Great Commission, when it comes to that commission that's absolute, God said, Go. That's why I'm coming to that place, preacher, where I believe you've got to justify your call to stay. When God said go, amen. You say, well, not everyone can go. I, I fully am aware of that. But the large majority are staying. And the very, very small minority are going. And you'll never convince me that God's not looking in this room tonight for young people that'll say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I'm willing to go if you'll use me. Here I am. Send me. Middle-aged folks, older folks, God's looking for people that'll be willing to obey God. Amen. Amen. The American dream has become the Great Commission's nightmare. Yeah, it's good. It has. It has. We spend our whole life chasing paper dreams, chasing paper money. And we get, I seen an illustration the other day. I have no idea who's preaching it, and I didn't like his doctrine at the end, but I thought the illustration part was good. Amen. And the guy had a Monopoly box out, and that guy was preaching in a big way, probably a Pentecostal something or other. Who knows? Amen. He's preaching in a big way. Amen. But he had a Monopoly box out, and he said, he said, this is a game, but to most of us, this is the game of life right here. And we go through, and we're just trying. He said, we, we get started, we're just trying to pass go just to make 200 bucks. Amen. But the more we pass go, and sometimes the luck's right, we'll end up on Boardwalk and Park Place. Amen. And we got our nice little car, we're moving around, our nice little horse or whatever your preferred piece is. Amen. And, and, and we have our nice car, and then we end up with nice houses. Amen. And, and he pulled out the houses and put them on the board. And then we end up with these real beautiful hotels. And we have all this bank account. And he, and he pulls all the money off the Monopoly game. And he's pulling money out of his pocket. And he's saying, man, you have a need? I'll help you. I'll throw money to charity. I'll throw money to this. I'll throw money to that house over there. I'll throw money here. I'll throw money everywhere. And he said, but you know what? There comes a point. The Monopoly game's over. The Monopoly game's done. And you take all your money. And you take all your houses. And you take all your hotels. And you take all your cars and your horses. And you put them back in fold the box up and you put the box away and he said you know what he said that's how we're living life most of us we're spending all of our life trying to pass go make 200 bucks hoping we hit a lucky hoping we hit boardwalk somewhere along the way trying to live in style for 70 years have a beautiful house have a beautiful hotel but at the end it all gets put in a box and that box is called your coffin friend and you're going to get put in a coffin you're going to get put in a casket and you're going to get put away and I'm telling you the game of life's going to be over and when you stand before Jesus Christ the only thing that's going to matter is what did you do for Jesus Christ were you obedient 
obedient to Jesus Christ? Did you live your life for Jesus Christ? Did you live your life to reach a world that's dying, who's never heard the gospel one time? What did you do to reach your world with the gospel? Yes, sir. That's all that's going to matter. When we come down to the very last point, we see the apocalyptic conclusion. You say, you're not going to tell us there's missions once the rapture takes place. Oh, yeah, there is. Read Revelation chapter number 7. Israel didn't do it. God set them aside. The church is not getting it done. God's going to take us out. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 7 through 17, that God's going to seal. He's bringing Israel back brother. Amen. 12,000 from every tribe. And he's going to seal them in their forehead. 12,000 Jewish male virgins of every tribe. 144,000. And they're going to spend the first three and a half years of the tribulation. You say, what are they doing? They're preaching the everlasting gospel. Hallelujah. That's what they're doing while the Antichrist is on the world. While the world people say, well, we're not seeing anybody saved because of how wicked it is. They're going to see a number saved that no man can number. Well, it's going to be more wicked then than now. I mean, the anarchy, the man of sin, Satan personified, is going to be ruling the world. I know some of you say you've already seen him, but you haven't seen him. Amen. He's not here. The mask is not the mark. Amen. Amen. Don't get mad at me to call the preacher later on. Amen. All right. I'm telling you, he's not here. Can I just tell you this real quickly too? The vaccine's not the mark either. Amen. You say, well, I don't like the vaccine, I don't either, but it ain't the mark of the beast, amen. Yeah. And, and I'll just go on record right here, right now to tell you, if I have to take it to go to Africa and preach the gospel, I'll take it to go to Africa and preach the gospel. Yeah, you say, you're a compromiser, call me what you want to, I'm doing what God told me to do, and I'll do just about anything except sin to get there, amen. 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 Are you listening? Here they are, 144,000 sent out, and there they are preaching the everlasting gospel, and a number gets saved which no man can number. And I thought about that, Pastor Jet, and I thought, now, now really, it, I mean, we are in the last days, and we're not seeing people saved like they used to. And, you know, how are they going to see a number saved? But, Brother Heath, I think I figured it out. Seriously, I think I figured it out. They're reaching people that have never heard. You're right. Yes. We spend the majority of our lives reaching people where God called us to be, faithful to the call of God. Amen but reaching people that have heard over and over and over, and they're almost immunized. They're almost, they're almost immune to the gospel, but they're going to people that have never heard. You want to you see people get saved in record numbers? Go to a place where they've never heard the gospel. Amen. Yes, because it's happening there as I speak to you now. It's happening. Listen, one of my good friends who's in Burkina Faso has a pastor that was trained, and these terrorists up in the northern part of Burkina Faso, they have murdered so many people up there. It's unbelievable. And all these kids are left without parents, and the kids are fleeing south. And one of his pastors, I believe Pastor Pastor Sylvain, and I've met him and I've had the chance to teach him and preach to him. And he's got, he started an orphanage at his church just because they had to, not because necessarily it's called to, but because he had to. All these kids are there and they had to do something for him. And last week they preached the gospel and they've been over and over to make sure these kids understand it. And last week they had 83 kids get saved in one service. Amen. By the good grace of God. Amen. 83 people in one service. I've been here two and a half years and seen 66 professions. Amen. Because they're fish in holes that hadn't been fished in yet. Amen. I'm going to tell you something, young people. How can you, listen, young people, just listen to the preacher for a minute. How can you sit here honestly? How how can you sit here knowing that 48% of the world's never heard Jesus loves me one time? I mean, really, seriously, how can you sit here and say, well, I'm just going to live the same life that everybody else lives. We get up, we go to work, make our payments, 
raise a family, go to church. And hey, listen, I'm not minimizing. If God's called you to do that, you be the most faithful get-upper and go-to-worker and raise your family and go to church or for the glory of God that you can be. But I'm saying, young people, why don't you expand your horizons? Why don't you get on your knees before a holy God? Why don't you get a map out and start praying over the map? Why don't you say, Lord, is there anybody in that country? Lord, is there anybody in that region of the world? Lord, here am I. I'll go if you'll call me. Lord, here am I. How can we sit back and say, I'll just settle for the status quo? Parents, how can you let somebody else's kids literally? Brother, I've looked in their eyes one too many times. I've seen kids, if we don't go back, nobody's going to reach them with the gospel. How can you let somebody else's kids go to hell? Parents, how can you do that? I'm just saying, I know God can't call everybody here. We've got to have people to stay. I know that. We need soul winners reaching Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Lincoln County, Minnehaha, I, I get that. But I'm telling you, at a church this size, God is looking yes. to send somebody, to call a man, to call a woman, to go with a man, amen, to be a missionary to another country. Yes. Would you at least, the greatest ability is availability. Would you at least make yourself available to God tonight? Amen. Would you, hey, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm finished with this verse. Turn to Revelation chapter number 22. Talking about the apocalyptic conclusion. You get to the tribulation, you get all the way to the end of the book. And and missions is so important to God, and souls are so important to God, and sinners are so important to God, that even though God knows how the story's going to end, and God's told us the entire Bible, he's given us everything he can give us, everything that's profitable for us, he's told us about it all. But he gets to the very end of Revelation chapter number 22 and verse number 17, and he said, and the spirit and the bride say, Come. You know what that is? That's missions. And let him that heareth say, come. Now, I'm just going to tell you that bride right there, the spirit and the bride, that's the spirit of God working through the local church. Amen. That's the ministry of the local church. God, God said the church is so important to me that I, the Godhead, there's three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and it's so important that my Holy Ghost is going to empower the church to go out and tell the wicked world to come drink the water of life. And, and lest you say, well, That's just speaking to the church. The spirit and the bride say come, and that's just speaking to the church. And our church, we've done our duty. We're supporting missionaries, and we're sending the Rutman family out to Africa. So we've done our duty. Can I tell you, read the next phrase, let him that heareth say come. So let me just stop real quick. How many of you can hear me? And I know our dear folks over here, they can't hear me, but they can see what I'm saying. Amen. How many of you can hear or see what I'm saying? Sound check. Sight check. Can you hear? Say amen. amen. You can hear. Let him that heareth say come. God has a job for you, and I don't care if it's in Sioux Falls or if it's in Senegal or if it's in Syria. God has a job for you, and that's to go out and reach a world that's never heard with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Missions is God's plan for the ages. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please now, God, use this message, Lord, to work in our hearts, Lord God, to draw us to that place where we're willing to at the very least pray for laborers, at the very least become a laborer in our own city, out of our own church, reaching, Lord, all these people moving into our city need to be reached with the gospel of the grace of God. But Lord, more than that, I pray that there'd be folks that come tonight to this altar and say, Lord, here am I, send me. God, I pray in obedience to the Lord that you would send laborers out of Eastside Baptist Church to all points of the earth for the glory of God, for the advancement of the gospel. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.